Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Voller, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minute Thrive, which is on the January edition of MRA's monthly talent report which is an up-to-the-minute review of what's going on in the world of business with an emphasis on talent with Jim Morgan, MRA's Vice President of Workforce Strategies. So thanks, Jim, again for being here. Yeah, it's good to be back in the studio. Oh, yeah. Well, this month, the special focus was on AI essentials for HR professionals. So I guess my first question to you is really why this topic now? And maybe before we get into that, Um, let's look at your quote of the month, which was related to AI. So can you kind of speak on that quote for a little bit, why you chose that and then the topic? Yeah, sure. The the quote was, AI is moving from traditional human resources, shared services administration up to human resources business partner work using virtual assistants who provide us with cognitive insights like Alexa. It's going to happen faster and harder than HR people are ready for. And that was somebody from um, Deloitte, and I just thought it was interesting because where we're at right now with AI and HR is the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And you know, we did some polling of our own members and talking to our own staff. I mean, it's really at its beginning stages. And we're just trying to help our 4,000 member companies kind of get out in front of it, see what's mm-hmm. happening, you know, and where do I belong in all of this. And I think what really launched this is I, it took someone in the technology field to explain this to me. But he said, you know, when they're... When they're working on products, theirs is very much a ready, fire, aim philosophy. It's mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be done. Let's just throw it out there and see what happens because our customers will scream at us with whatever's wrong. And if you think of any new version of Microsoft or any new Apple phone, there's a reason it's 2.0, 2.1, 2.2, 3.1, 3.2, they put something out there and they say, okay, what don't our people like? And then we'll fix it. And that's different than almost any other industry mm-hmm. that usually is like, we got to get this thing right so our customers are satisfied. But in the technology world, everything's moving so fast, it's more, let's put it out there and then we can just pivot and go in a different direction if that's what we need to do. So we picked now at the start of the year because I think this is going to be a huge year for artificial intelligence and um, certainly for our members and people in HR. Yeah, absolutely. And you had kind of subject matter expert Chris Krause, vice president and principal consultant at Navient, join you for this talent report um, as well. And he gave kind of insight into all things AI um, related in terms of implementing it in companies and with HR teams specifically. So can you highlight some of his key points that he kind of talked about? Yeah. And I I would encourage people to watch that one because Chris really did do um, a good job. But he was, you know, just sort of breaking it down in terms of where are different places that this will be used in HR. And a lot of people have used ChatGPT or some other generative artificial intelligence to do things like how to write a job description Mm -hmm. or put together a career path. And he was sharing examples of that. And again, you know, everybody has to understand this is is not perfect. You don't ask a question, print it out and send it out, you know, to a million of your closest friends. But it's a good place to start. And he used mm-hmm. the example of a machinist. He just typed in, you know, what's a good job description for a machinist? Yeah. And it came back with responsibilities and requirements. And then he asked what would be a good 
you know, career path for a machinist. And it came back with beginner, intermediate, advanced, leader. And so again, it wasn't the it wasn't the this is what's going into our policy handbook answer, but it was, wow, this is a pretty good start. And now if I'm a company looking for that machinist, I figure out, okay, this is a good start. Now I need to add what is it that we need and what are the things that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. He talked about, you know, HR using things like chatbots because there's just so many things that are standard questions in HR. And I know that when benefits come around, our HR department and everyone would like, boy, if some if there was a way to just answer these, you know, what's the difference between plan one and plan two? What's a mm-hmm. deductible? What does it mean to be out of service area? Those are all programmable, easy, you know, ready to answer questions. And so looking at it from a what are the administrative tasks, what are the redundant things that might be able to be better done in a different way, um, that's kind of where he started. Mm -hmm. But then went on to say, you know, artificial intelligence is being used in learning and development. It's being used in recruiting. And all of it is uh, how do we take advantage of this asset and use it for good and not for evil? And he just had some real good examples of ways in which it was being used specifically in in human resources. Yeah, I was going to say he did give a lot of great examples, and I would urge you to take a look at that recording. And also, while we're on this topic, um, do you want to kind of give an intro of the AI series that's going to be coming out? Yeah, sure. We're we're very excited about this. We're just putting it together. It'll probably be March, April. Mm -hmm. But we're really trying to break it down into sections and talk about you know, here's AI, um, here's the basics of what's yeah. going on, but then talk about what does this mean for HR administration? What does this mean for HR and learning development? Mm-hmm. What does this mean for HR and employee engagement? Yeah. All of them have samples of ways in which artificial intelligence is being utilized in HR already. So I think it'll be a really good starting point for a lot of HR people who are like, I don't know where to go, I don't know where to start, I don't even know what the possibilities are. Um, but we're going to bring in some folks, so I think they're going to be able to lay things out. Not here's the answer, not here's prescription as to how you should do it, but you know here's the possible. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out where it fits in your company. So um, we'll be putting those out pretty soon. I think that'll be very exciting. Yeah. We also have a whole section on artificial intelligence at our employee um, law update that's coming up. Mm-hmm. So that's another one that you know again we're trying to just help our members see where this might be going and they figure out what's going to be best for our company. Yeah, for sure. So stay tuned for that. Um, But Jim, kind of moving on here, looking at your actual talent report now um, with recruiting and retention innovation, it looks like you've pulled some stats from a new report from intelligent.com on some new and interesting happenings in recruiting. So can you kind of highlight what was seen here in some of those stats? Yeah, what we we pulled out there was really, um, it was looking at bachelor's degrees, quite frankly. And I think, I think a lot of companies have picked up on this already, but, you know, many, if they haven't updated anything in a while, bachelor's degrees 30 years ago were a separation of two piles of resumes, like has one, doesn't have one, and that's kind of the way things functioned. And the world has changed, and now it's, you might be looking for a specific skill set, you might be looking for a certificate, you might just be looking for someone who's got the right attitude and fits your culture, and we can teach them mm-hmm. the rest of it. So it was just um, looking at companies now that are starting to drop bachelor's degree from something that might have just been in there because it's always been in there and saying, what is it that we actually have to have, especially at in some entry-level jobs and even middle-level jobs where 
they may have gotten all kinds of experience somewhere else mm -hmm. or have the ability and the skill set to do things and don't necessarily have that degree. So it was really um, encouraging companies to take a hard look at their, their job postings and their job descriptions to say, even beyond just bachelor's degrees, you have a bunch of things in there mm -hmm. that maybe just don't apply anymore or that if you find the right person, you can teach them some of the things. Definitely. So it was just interesting. I think companies, again, are trying to get as big a funnel of candidates as they possibly can and not eliminate someone that might still have the ability to do the job. So get rid of some of those disqualifiers. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, kind of moving on from that point then, going off of recruiting and retention specifically, going into more of the talent thinking talent pool, it looks like LinkedIn released its 34 big ideas that will change our world in 2024 list. Yes. Um, and I know you took you looked at that list, and from that list, what do you see that's really of interest to HR professionals specifically? Yeah, it's a really interesting list, and if someone's got the the time to go look, I'm sure if you just Googled you know LinkedIn's 34 yeah. interesting things for 2024, you'd find it. It's just overall, it was a look at just society in general and some things that are going on. But some of the interesting ones that I thought, okay, well these apply to HR specifically. We've been talking about employee shortages, you know, here in the United States, uh, but they had an interesting section in there on, you know, other countries that are actually encouraging and trying to put incentives in place for people to have children, whether that's oh. we're going to pay for child care or there's a bonus when the child is born. Um, they're really trying to, I mean, they've got some serious problems and, you know, years and years of China, you know, people having one male child, um, that's got consequences to it. And now some of those countries are starting to see it. So it's not just happening in the United States. It's, um, it's happening other places as well. Um, we're, they also were looking at this might be the year where tensions kind of come to a head between primarily, I would say, newer and younger employees and traditional employers um, where new employees' expectations might not meet, meet employers. And I'm not saying one side's right or wrong. Um, but if this is the way we've been doing things for a hundred years and now you're coming in and you're telling me you want it done completely differently or you were expecting 10% raises every year or the employer is saying, no, you have to come back to work. You have to be in the office. A lot of these things may be coming to a head, you know, this year to say, all right, where as an employee do I bend? Where as an employer do I bend? And probably somewhere in the middle is the fair answer. Mm -hmm. But we may see some, some long held beliefs that are going to be tested this year and, and see, you know, employer versus employee, mm -hmm. um, you know, who ends up winning out on that. Um, an expected unretirement uh, wave in 2024. People who, you know, just said, this is it, I'm getting out, but now they're out. And one, they might miss the money. Two, they might mm -hmm. miss the socialization. Three, they might miss the purpose in life. That some people maybe don't want, want to go back to work in 60 hours a week. But they did get an awful lot out of work. Mm -hmm. And so now they might be um, taking a look at it again. Yeah. And then just some interesting things around, you know, I think colleges and universities are starting to figure this out, teaching a little bit more about entrepreneurship and a mm -hmm. creator society and helping people at 19, 20, 21, 22 that might be looking to get into you know their own gig and get out there and get going. A lot of that might not have been taught. It might have been more traditional business practices. Yeah. And so even they are now starting to see that there's a market here 
to say, let's let's start looking at this creator environment and see if there's some things we can do there. Mm-hmm. So the world's changing, and that was like three or four of them, but um, there was some pretty interesting insights into what might be coming down the, the pike. Yeah, that just made me think of, I saw a class that was being offered online on like how to be an influencer, which I just thought was there funny, but it's like, that's kind of where you're shifting almost. Yeah. Um, it's funny, but it's true and it's happening. So, so she, so she, uh, healthy bull in her <laughs> influencer on her podcast, you know? I guess you could say that. Class. <laughs> I feel like there's so many different inf- types of influencers yeah. though. So, yep. um, anyway, though, let's talk about HR creativity. So you bring up generational diversity and what HR professionals and MRAs roundtables are kind of sharing around this topic. So I'm curious to know. Uh, what what are some of the things that they're saying about generational diversity? Yeah, you know, a lot of this, you know, looking at especially younger workers, um, you're starting to see some things like as a younger worker right now, I would say most look at it as like, I'm going to try out a bunch of things. I'm going to have three, four, five, six jobs in the first 10 years that I'm working and I'm going to get this great breadth of experience. That makes perfect sense. I understand what they're doing. Um, my life, it was... Well, I'm going to find this job and I'm going to learn as much as I can about it yeah. and I'm going to climb the lateral and I'm going to be here for 10 or 15 years. I'm not saying either one of those, again, is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking at a resume and I've got my bias, I'm thinking, wow, this person's moving all over. They can't hold a job. Yeah. That person's thinking, wow, I'm a great candidate. Look at all the places mm-hmm. that I've gone in order to get as much experience as I can. So there's just you know a little bit of a, we got to understand you know where each one's coming from. So I think HR people are starting... Um, to look at that a little bit. Um, the feedback issue, you know, the traditional once a year we'll have some sort of review and we'll go through your entire year. Well, I'm not sure that's the best way it's the way it's been done, but okay, so I'm trying to remember right now what my employees did last February. Mm-hmm. I'm likely to remember what you do in December and January or December and November. Right. And if they had really good months, I'm probably thinking, yeah, it was a great year for you. And if they had a, maybe a mess up or two in the last two months, I'm thinking, boy, this has been a rough year. Yeah. And that's not what a lot of the younger talent is looking for. It's, you know, monthly, it's immediate. Mm-hmm. You know, these sayings like, well, you'll learn. Like, well, don't make me make 20 mistakes in order to learn. Just yeah. tell me, you know, what you right. don't want me to do or what I didn't do right. I guess so. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're you're a living example of it. So I think it's you know understanding that that immediate feedback actually makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more helpful. It's more productive, and you've got you know a happier uh, employee. And then we've talked about this before, but just the generational differences with communications. Um, I text with you. If you mm-hmm. know that you want to find me right now, you're liable yeah. to text me not emailing, sure as heck you're not picking up your phone and calling me. Um, but that's their preferred you know, method. And for a lot of older folks, it's like, we have email, just email me. Right. You do it that way. I'm not giving you my phone number. Yeah, and I'm not, I don't know which one's right, wrong, or indifferent, mm-hmm. um, but they're different. And so we, right. either as a company, have to figure out what our policy is, or just as employees and employers figure out, you know, what's our philosophy going to be on this so that we're at least consistent with it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, kind of going into some HR trends um, from the field section, McLean and Company recently released some HR trends in 2024. So what were some of the interesting findings that you saw here? I think some of the things are still not surprises. Recruiting was at the top. Providing a great employee experience was up there. And I think that has to go with the retention part as companies are seeing that. Um, 
Now controlling labor costs is in there, which is interesting because we did go through a few years where we were just about paying whatever it took to get people. And I think we did that. We had to do it. But now there's a, there's a business decision to be made here that we can't be increasing by six, seven, eight, nine percent our employee costs every year because we can't afford to do it. So now there might be an emphasis on how do we get smarter? Um, how do we maybe um, use um, machines? How do we use technology to do it a little bit better? So that one's on there. Um, developing leaders is on there. We're seeing a lot of that. And I think a lot of that is all kinds of retirements, younger people coming in and how do we train them a little bit more quickly? On the good news side, actually a good news, bad news side for the HR folks, um, an increase in HR departments and HR people that are being used and are a part of organizational strategy. And over the last three years rose from 36% to 50% that they are involved in those decisions. I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, but at the same time, we saw an increase um, from 34% to 47% of HR professionals saying they're stressed out. Oh, so <laughs> I wonder why. You asked for something, you got it, now you got more work, you know. As, right. But, um, you know, the good news is I think that companies are much more conscientious about our people are a big part of every strategy and so folks are, mm -hmm. are more engaged. And while I think that's part of the stress, I think the stress has more to do with just more things on, on their plate. You came yeah. off of COVID, now we're into remote work and where are people going to work and how do we get more out of less and how do we figure out where our compensation is right now because the market is changing so quickly we can't mm -hmm. find people or have a hard time keeping people there's a lot going on mm -hmm. and so i think that had a, an awful lot to do with um with the uh, stress and the last one i think is about 80 81 percent of the people said we think we're settling into the whole remote work thing now i think people mm -hmm. are starting to figure out whatever that means for them we're yeah. totally remote we're totally in the office or most likely we've got a combination, but we've we've kind of figured out what it is. It's three days a week, four yeah. days a week, two days a week, whatever it might be, um, companies are starting to figure it out. Yeah. So I think um, we're getting there with that one. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like maybe part of the reason why there's more HR folks doing more strategic work now too could be because of AI or that AI could help grow that percentage just because like you've mentioned, AI kind of helps you focus on the strategic work yep. while AI is helping you with more of the operational day-to-day -day routine tasks. Yep. Um, and kind of going off of AI then, MRA actually released a recent hot topic survey on AI in the workplace. Um, and this month in charts, you kind of looked at a couple of the questions from that survey. So can you give us some of the data and what were the questions, first of all, I guess? Yeah, we were trying to figure out where our members were at, you know, because our job is to is to really to serve them. Yeah. So we asked them, the first question we asked them is, what percentage of your employees are currently testing out AI? And we left it that broad, but really we're willing to take, you know, almost anything. You know, I've been on ChatGPT once. You know, yeah. Okay, yeah. that qualifies. But we still had 76% of our members have less than 5%, or at least they think less than 5% of their folks are active in, in AI, um, and another 14% at 5 to 10%. So still very new yeah. um, you know, for all of them. We also asked them if they had an individual or a department, somebody responsible for whatever they were going to do in AI, whether that was... Can you just figure out what's going on all the way to strategic development? And 74% of them were at a point of, we have nobody mm. in charge. We might have people looking at it. We might have people 
taken, you know, stabs at it. Right. But they really didn't have someone who said, you know, your job is to make sure we know where we need to be and what's going on. So very new with all of them. At the same time, you know, we said, well, what do you need from us? And we had, you know, 80% of the people saying, geez, I could use some user guides and goals and objectives. I could use more content on what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so they're looking for, can you give me some things and start feeding me stuff? Because I think people know this is coming yeah. and it's not going to stop and you're not going to be able to control it. So we better get out in front of it a little bit. So there was a lot of interest in that. And then because we had the webinar series coming up, we asked them about, you know, what exactly in HR are you looking for? Is it, I think we offered them learning and development, just the admin side of HR, employee engagement, recruiting. And all of them came back at, you know, different mixes and matches, but all of them were about 60 to 65% had an interest in every one of those. Oh, yeah. So I think it's... Um, I just need some help. Right. So it's like, just uh, provide me something, and I think that yeah. I'll be happy. So we got to, you know, like everybody else, we not only have to figure it out for MRA mm -hmm. with our own products and services and our own staff, but also figure out where our members are at and, you know, try to help um, them yeah. get where they, they got to get. Because this is going to be a big year for it. I think a lot's going to happen, um, yeah. and we all got to be ready for it. Yeah. Well, good thing we have the AI series coming out. We do. Yeah, we do. So, <laughs> so we've got you covered. It. <laughs> well, Jim, as we kind of close out here, can you give us a look ahead at next month? So February's talent yeah. report and the kind of topics you'll be talking about there. Yeah, we're, we're going um, to look at internships again, um, yeah. but a little bit deeper around I think it's becoming one of the leading ways for companies to find people, yeah. but those strategies around, how, you know, when do I find them? How do I find them? How do I prepare them? How do I make sure their experience is a good one? Mm -hmm. And then how do I hang on to them and kind of give them a path right into our organization? Because if we're going to invest in bringing these people in and having these interns and helping them learn, it can't just be three months of busy work. Not We have to look at them as we're almost onboarding them for right. three months. We're trying to prepare them, one, to understand the business, and two, to want to work here. Mm -hmm. And then especially for those that, you know, maybe have another year of school left, we got nine months now to figure out how to hang on to them. So what are we doing to make that a good experience that they're not looking anywhere else and we know we can count on them when they graduate the next May? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of going to be, a, you know, right from the beginning to getting them to come work for us. You know, how do we just look at this as, this yeah. is our supply chain, and we got to take care of it. Yeah, well, that'll be a great topic, and February is a great time to kind of yeah. start that conversation. So yep. looking forward to it. I am too. Well, Jim, thank you again, per usual, um, for all the uh, that great information, kind of recapping what you were seeing January's um, talent report. But to our listeners, if you liked our chat and our topic for today, uh, don't forget to share out this episode give it a like, leave a comment, and consider joining MRA if you are not a member already. Um, as usual, we have all the resources for you in the show notes below, so make sure to look at those. Um, we have Jim's LinkedIn profile if you want to get in contact with him or have any questions for him. Um, and we'll see you next week for our next episode. So thank you again, Jim. Yeah, my pleasure. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.